The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bengals fans are amazing. They're resilient, they're tough, but they're fun. And I'm I'm really excited to hopefully meet a lot a lot more of you. Isaac has the big game. Then we became a real balanced offense for the playoff run, which I thought was really important. He put on the greatest route running exhibition I have ever seen in my life. He was he was football twenty four seven and that was the greatest part of, of Chad. Times at times the early Part, I would tell him when he were throwing deep passes, I said, don't wait too long, you know, because I'm going to get away. If you ain't going to have the arm to get there. So, you know, I want to run to the ball, you know. Well, Duke, it looks like Duke's in the waiting room. I don't want to keep Duke waiting. He gave us a very limited amount of time. I know he's a busy, busy man. Duke, what's going on, big dog? How you doing, buddy? Jim, how are you, man? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, hey. I'm real busy. I'm sitting on my porch. Yeah, well, hey. <laughs> I'll have a little drink going on there. You know, Joe Burrow has played in big games his entire life, and I would think he will be a steady hand at the at the, at the bow of the ship. And uh, I think I wouldn't be surprised if they take him all the way to the Super Bowl. I really wouldn't. Do. Good evening, everybody. We got Jamie from Canada on his phone taking some video. What's up, everybody? Oh, hey, guys, we're getting closer. We're getting closer to football season. Amazing day yesterday uh, down at uh, Paul Brown Stadium. The largest, I think it was the largest practice crowd ever in, in Cincinnati football history, if I'm not mistaken. But um, just real quick, I want to apologize uh, right off the top. I was really kind of pushing the YouTube focus, specifically YouTube and YouTube only. I didn't do the best job communicating throughout the week uh, as much as I should have. So we decided last minute, uh, the guys on the screen here got on me, said, hey, we need to make sure we go all all social media platforms. So sorry I didn't do the best job communicating there. So whether you're watching on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, thanks so much for being here with us. We're, we're excited about the show tonight, guys. Big, big uh, show tonight. We're less than, what, 16, 17 days away 
from knowing if Ken Riley or Ken Anderson, who are now on that finalist list of 12, will be one of the three uh, that make it into the Hall of Fame. So tonight's focus is going to be Hall of Fame focused. We're at uh, 8.05. We have Clark Judge, a senior Hall of Fame voter and writer and host of Talk of Fame Network. Um, great guy, a friend of the show. He was on with us last year as well. 8.25, we have Bengal senior writer Jeff Hobson, who is critically important involved in, in pushing these guys with the Hall of Fame voters. Then at 8.50, we got John Turney, uh, from, uh, pro, who is an expert in pro football Hall of Fame history. Uh, he works for, what is it, Tom, the National Football Focus? Pro Football, football Journal. Journal. He pro writes football for Pro Journal. Football Journal. So it is going to be a Hall of Fame discussion tonight, guys, and it's going to be some good stuff. we got some pretty poignant questions to ask Jeff and, and Clark tonight about, about Ken and Ken, all right? So it's going to be a lot of fun. we got some stuff ready to go for those guys. But let's start off with this. On this, I'm sorry, let's start off with the back together again at, uh, at PBS yesterday. Almost 30,000 fans down there, guys. It was a pretty hot, toasty day down there. Caleb and I uh, were down there yesterday. Um, got down there early, about 11 o'clock in between bar. We had fans come in from Denmark. We had fans come in from North Carolina, Chicago, Northern Ohio, Indianapolis. Uh, it was it was an amazing day yesterday, Caleb. Yeah, it was good to get everybody back together. I mean, exactly what exactly what it is. It's even if it's not a real game, it's getting the whole the whole group back together, seeing everyone in our stadium. Even if it, we didn't get to sit in our actual seats, um, it was it was still cool to you know get everyone out there. And it's crazy that without out even Burrow being there, 20, 20, almost twenty nine thousand people showed up, knowing that Burrow wasn't still going to be there. That's that's pretty good testament. I mean. Obviously, coming off the Super Bowl is going to increase that a little, but uh, it was still exciting to see that many people out there. Yeah, and um, I think there was a, an article or something, I think maybe the Inquirer, somebody was saying that almost 30,000 at, at the Bengals practice. There hasn't been 30,000 people in the last three games at the Cincinnati Red Stadium, uh, Great American Ballpark. So you can see the, uh, the excitement in this town. It doesn't seem like it's dwindled at all from the Super Bowl. It seems like this excitement is continuing uh, in the offseason big time. And it was only in the lower bowl. I think if they actually just opened it up to more people, I think they could have had it more than that, honestly. I mean, I know right. that we had a lot of tickets go to waste, but, um, I mean, I, I, I believe that uh, I believe that if they opened that up a little bit more, it would have been bigger, honestly. Yep. So, real quick before we get to uh, Clark, who just popped in the waiting room right now, we got to do on this date in Bengal history. So, speaking of yesterday's 30,000 people down at Paul Brown Stadium, Tom, there was another date, July 31st, 2010. Something happened down at Georgetown College for practice. What was that? Georgetown, uh, which has a very nice stadium, uh, filled it up. I believe a little over 10,000 showed up for the uh, Bengals practice that day. That was. Uh, during the area, one of one of the several uh, hard knocks that the Bengals did while Marvin was head coach, and not long after they had signed Terrell Owens, so there was a bit more excitement. And uh, everybody made the journey up from Lexington and down from Cincinnati and Dayton and and across from Louisville and then filled up Georgetown. Yeah, and, and if anybody had everybody that's watching right now, if you've ever been to Georgetown back in the day for for a training camp. Very small Division three NAIA college football school. Bengals dumped a lot of money into it, um, but I, there could, it couldn't have held any more than ten thousand dollars, ten thousand people. Uh, so there was people standing room only the whole nine yards. There. It's a very small facility, but 
they probably could have had more that day if there was room. So, well, guys, look, we talked earlier uh, about on the intro about uh, the, the Hall of Fame. And obviously with Ken Riley and Ken Anderson now being in the finalist of the, the 12, and I think August 16th, there will be a vote um, on if those those two guys get in that final three. So uh, we're very excited to have, uh, you know, a Hall of Fame voter, writer, host of Talking uh, Talk of Fame Network. We've had Clark Judge on before, but they we're very honored. It's not very often you get to talk to somebody like Clark, but I want to welcome Clark Judge to the show tonight. If we can bring you on, Clark, Clark, where you Clark, how you doing? Hey, good. How are you? Good, good. All right, Clark, before we get going, what's the hat? What's the P? What is that? Portland Timbers. Portland Timbers, okay. uh, Major League Soccer. My uh, brother-in-law owns the team. Okay. Really? Okay. Yeah. They're, 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 they're very good. They're very, they're, they've been very good. They've had a great record. I love watching soccer. Uh, I wasn't a soccer fan before, but uh, I am now, and um, they're fun to watch. And I've been out there a couple of times. It's a great venue. It's a great situation and uh, i've become a soccer fan so i've become a portland timbers fan that's what i've got to have this comes right. free too right price. We, are all, <laughs> we are all really big soccer fans in this show so that's awesome oh yeah no i, I enjoy it hey hey clark it's funny my, my son lives in he just moved to, to portland uh maybe about a year ago so he's been to one of those games before with his, with his girlfriend yeah so. the atmosphere is incredible it's like it's like watching a game in uh, england from what i know of what i see in uh, premier league games but I, I didn't pay any attention to soccer before. Uh, it wasn't enough scoring for me. Now that I understand the game more, I really, really have come around to it. I, I like it. Um, uh, it's still tough to watch it sometimes, but uh, when I watch the, the Timbers, I love watching them because I've got a vested interest. So anyway, thanks for asking. Yeah, yeah. So, Clark, you and Jamie are the only two soccer fans on this screen. Right <laughs> yeah, well, that surprised me. I thought he was actually being cynical. I thought I wasn't sure he was being I, I stick up. I stick up for the beautiful game all the time, but these yeah. guys can't. They can't appreciate it. I love it. It's a it's a great it's a great game. It's I mean, I'm a baseball fan. I will tell you that. In heart, I'm a baseball fan, but I'm coming around to uh, to soccer, and I think it's, I think it's a really nice. Where I said before, there wasn't enough scoring for me. Then I realized it's not about the scoring. You, you know, the it's, you yeah. learn the game. Yeah, it's about the play. And so, all right, you, uh, and, we'll you, and Jamie, you and Jamie, you and Jamie can go over to the soccer podcast. Okay, uh, good. <laughs> See you guys. I'll be back in an hour. Okay. <laughs> Clark, man, we appreciate you being here. Everybody that's watching sure. right now, we've got a bunch of folks watching live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Any questions that you want to throw out to Clark? Uh, respectfully, you know, just you know, type those in the chat area. And Caleb's now in the back right now, kind of. You'll be kind of keeping an eye on some of those questions. For you. We'll try to get to some of those later. Clark, man, tell us, uh, you know, we're, we've got some, some excitement right now here in Cincinnati with a lot, of, a lot of things going on with the Bengals and coming off the Super Bowl. We got, a, you know, two more people going into the Ring of Honor this year. Just seems like that momentum is carrying over, we think, into this senior Hall of Fame selection, hopefully. So we got Kenny and, uh, and Ken Anderson and Ken Riley, who we talked to you about last year. Uh, one of those those finalists in that 12. So kind of just kind of open whatever you want to talk about. Just what was the process? Whatever you're able to share, Clark, you know, obviously sure. things you're going to be able to share. But getting Ken and Ken getting into that final 12. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. They're, they're both uh, up for the seniors committee, which is people who've been out of the game 25 years. You're not eligible to become a modern era candidate until five years after retirement. You've got a 20 year window. If you don't get in at that point, you go into the senior pool, which we call the great abyss, because there's so many quality players in there. People who are Hall of Fame worthy 
who just never come out. Well, we brought that up with Jim Porter, who's the new president, and he said, it doesn't seem like it's really fair to have one a year. And, and I know Ira Kaufman and I, and, and Rick Goslin, uh, among others, I said, yeah, it's not fair. You need to expand it to at least two. Well, he went to three. He's going to three each year for the next three years. And uh, one of the reasons is because at one point I said to him, you know, the great, the great setback for these guys, or the, the big mistake they made, some of these people, is they got forgotten. It wasn't their fault. They got forgotten. And I used Al Wistert as an example. A guy was a star player for the Philadelphia Eagles from the 40s. He played nine years. He was an eight-time All-Pro in nine years. He won two NFL championships. He was the captain of the team, first team all decade. He's not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, if he were eligible today, he'd be a first ballot guy. So I, we, we've forgotten him, and he's not. he didn't even make the cut. So um, I, I was really disillusioned by that. But anyway, back to Riley and Anderson. Uh, both of them are in the final 12. That's good news for all you guys. That's good news for Bengals fans because there's some momentum, as you pointed out. And I think if I were to handicap the two, I think Riley's got more momentum than Anderson. Both of them are Hall of Fame worthy. But Riley was a runner-up a couple years ago. And, and I thought that was a springboard to Canton the next year. In all honesty, guys, he disappeared last year. I, he, he, was, he was in the conversation, but he was not among one of the, the last three or four. And so I, I don't know what happened there, but clearly it was a different group of people on the senior committee who were voting at that time. And at that juncture, I remember saying to Jim Porter, I, I think this is unfair. I mean, what we're doing is we've got nine people on this committee. We're talking to five of them each time. Well, all you need are three votes. It doesn't take a Einstein to figure that out. And he said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to open each of these committees, the retired or the senior committee, um, which I'm not a part of, to 12. And all of them will be available. They're all going to be involved in the vote. All are going to be involved. And so that now brings in the Riley faction, which may or may not have been there last year. It sounds like it wasn't. Brings them now back into the fold. So now Riley's got some momentum within that group because those guys are, are, are going to vote. Um, I'm on the contributor slash coaches committee. And, and we've also expanded to 12. And each person makes a presentation uh, for those finalists. So Ken Riley, because he was so close two years ago and because his numbers, at least, speak for themselves. 65 career interceptions, tied for fifth. Tied with whom? Tried with Charles Woodson. Oh, wait a minute, Charles Woodson, the first ballot Hall of Famer. This guy can't get in. Of the seven top interceptors, only one Hall of Fame eligible, only one is missing. Happens to be Ken Riley. So um, that's going to bode well for him. As I mentioned, I think on this program before, the elephant in the room is his teammate, Lamar Parrish. Okay, uh, Lamar Parrish. Five All Pros, Ken Riley three, Lamar Parrish eight Pro Bowls, Ken Riley zero. That's going to be the big conversation uh, when they when the the Riley faction brings up those numbers. Somebody at some point is going to say, "Well, explain why his teammate got to more Pro Bowls than he did." And I know what the answer will be probably is because he also played special teams, great punt returner, good kickoff returner. I think he set a Bengals record in in one year for. Uh, for single season punt return yardage. And I think, I'm not sure if he's still the all-time leader, but it was at one time. But in any case, that, that's going to be an issue. But I, that said, I think he's got momentum to honestly be one of the three this year. If it were down to one, I'd say probably not because he lost some momentum last year. But the fact that within the last two years, he's been a top finisher, I, I, I like his chances as one of the three. Um, 
And uh, I don't know how it handicapped that field because it's a strong, strong field. But I'd say Howley would probably be one of them. And if I were to guess, I, I might think Maxi Bond might be another because I know he was a top finisher last year. He didn't quite make it. But maybe Maxi Bond. But you got two linebackers then. And, um, and I don't know if, if the group would say we need to go to another position. But that that group of 12 is loaded. Kuchenberg yeah, yeah, could make it too because he missed the cut. In fact, Kuchenberg might be the third guy. He made missed the cut, although he was a finalist, I think something like eight times. He kept coming up, kept coming up, and he didn't quite make it. And and he he was a great offensive line, a great offensive lineman. That was an oversight. But the fact that he's back now, he may be one of those three. But I think Riley's got a shot. I think he does. I think Anderson's going to have to wait. So, so, Clark, I guess I don't want to dig too far into this because – it's frustrating to us because we've talked to a lot of Hall of Fame voters. It just seems like there's definitely bias that comes into play. Is how in the hell can Ken Riley be a semifinalist one year and then not even in a discussion year two? It's a different group of people making it every year, it seems like, when they make make these decisions. But, uh, Tom, let's. I would like for us to kind of dig into because you made a great point, and we really kind of battle back and forth on this discussion on what Ken Riley's Hall of Fame or Pro, pro Bowl and uh, All Pro. I, I mean – Tom, let's dig into that. I know, I know, you and I have talked about this so many times. Well, yeah, um, none other than Ken Anderson himself made made the point. And there, there are several when it comes to Ken. One, he was very soft. He was a Paul Brown guy. He didn't speak to the pre press much. Not that he was standoffish. He was just shy. He did not say much. He was very quiet. He did all the talking on the field. He didn't dance. He wasn't flashy. He just went out and and broke up passes and intercepted sixty five times uh and there's something else you know back then with the voting uh, players didn't see other players other than watching film for the coming week maybe they'd get a little snippet of highlights if they got home from their game from the four o'clock game in the east if they got home by 6 30 they might see the highlights on cbs or nbc so you know he wasn't like lamar Paris. he wasn't returning punts uh, you know, he wasn't the Deion Sanders of the 70s like Lamar was. But, but Clark, when you, you bring that up, and if it comes up with some of your peers, of which we enjoy talking to all of them, uh, in my case, some of them make me lose my hair and my, my blood pressure goes sky high with some of their logic. Uh, I, I think some of them need to get into politics, but um, with the inconsistency of their answers. But one thing, you know, about Lamar Parrish is um, – there we are, uh, is, you know, Ken Riley played half of his career without Lamar Parrish. Mm -hmm. He played half of his career with Louis Breeden on the other side, uh, you know, or, or the, the, you know, the Charlie King, you know, but before Lamar. So, you know, he did make three Pro Bowls. I, I think it, it's really up to the uh, good question for the voters. Why didn't he make it when he's being all pro but didn't, didn't go to the Pro Bowl? Uh, yeah. We asked Mel Blunt that last year, and he was stunned by that. Uh, and one thing to consider is from the old AFC Central, uh, you had Mel Blunt. They went ahead and put in Lamar Parrish, largely because of his return capabilities. And, and God bless Lamar. Hey, as soon as Ken goes in, we hope everybody that uses that excuse joins us in pushing Lamar Parrish for Canton. But, you know, it would not be extremely likely that the voters are going to put all three cornerbacks in the Pro Bowl, all from the AFC Central, from two teams. 
So the, you know, they took the guy who was on everybody's mouth, Lamar Parrish, everybody was talking about him. They didn't necessarily take the hall of fame corner in Ken Riley and, you know, Ken's play depicted it. I mean, you know, you, you go back and watch some of those old games when you're able to, and you watch how he defended Cliff Branch. You watch how he defended Swan and Stallworth. Uh, he was a fantastic tackler, especially for a cornerback. I mean, elite level at, at all, at, at everything you'd want from a cornerback. And despite being quiet, talk to his teammates. He was a leader. He was a smart, smart football player. He went on to coach in Green Bay for a while before he took over uh, at his alma mater, Florida A&M. So, you know, the, the criticisms of him, I, I really, I, I don't, I certainly don't agree with, and I don't see, and granted, I'm, I'm partisan, and granted, we, we are from a very small market. Um, you know, we've got a very good representative, and Jeff Hobson wouldn't have anybody else. But uh, I, I, I think the criticisms fall short, but I, I think the, the compliments are right on. You want me to respond to that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, um, I, I don't disagree with you, but I will say me and Lamar Paris moved on to Washington, and um, – you no, know, he's he's then with a different system, a different team, still going to Pro Bowls and being uh, an All Pro. But um, but I, I I don't disagree with that. I think it does need to be explained. To be honest with you, um, I do think numbers speak for themselves. I just like to have somebody sit down with me and tell me why. And and we had um, I, I'm on a, a podcast I do with Eric Kaufman called the I Test for Two, and we had Ken Anderson on last month, and he explained that. He said Lamar Parrish was a flashier player, you know, and, and, and Ken Riley was quiet, and he was a leader, and he just did what he did. But like you mentioned, Lamar Parrish was no slouch. He had 47 interceptions. I think it's something like one of 20 DBs to go to eight Pro Bowls. So that speaks for itself. But I, I just I, I just would like to have that explained if I were in that room. I'm not in that room, <clears throat> but um, I certainly would uh, – I, I certainly would be leaning towards voting for him. Uh, I, if he's not one of the top three this year, guys, I honestly, I'd say he's probably going to be in the top three next year, only because I know who's pushing in there and what's going on. Um, but there are other, I mean, that, that list is loaded. Um, oh. And there are people that, that you, you probably wouldn't, maybe some of you wouldn't remember Eddie Meadows on that list. Eddie Meadows was a great safety. He was a great safety. He's been forgotten. He's just simply been forgotten. And I'm glad to see him come back. And I think Rick Austin's going to make his case. And 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 that's good for Eddie Metter. But he, he his his case needs to be resuscitated. But Ken Riley's numbers just don't go away. And that's going to be tough for voters to refute because they sit there, 65 interceptions. They're with Charles Woodson. We put Charles Woodson in first ballot. What's gone wrong with this guy? And and you can't really say anything except that, well, his teammate, <laughs> Lamar Parrish, you know, he had this, he had that. No, forget about Lamar Parrish. What about this guy? And and he's been forgotten. And honestly, I thought um, that he might be, I, I, I thought he might be, um, might get some more attention, A, when you put him in the uh, Bengals, whatever, his Ring of Honor, uh, Hall of Fame, whatever. Um, and, and also his passing. I thought his passing sort of drew attention to the fact that here's a guy's been wrong. I mean, this guy's been overlooked. We, we need to do something here, but, but it didn't. And, and now that he's in the top 12, he's got a shot. I mean, he's, I think he's got a shot because now everyone knows who those 12 people are. Yeah. Clark, here, here's what's interesting. We, you know, talking to a lot of the voters over the past couple of years, they all have different 
there's not just one format that they use. Everybody has their own opinion of what they sh- what they're fighting for for their mm-hmm. guy. Everybody has their guy they're trying to push to get into the Hall of Fame. Not necessarily the right guy. All of them probably deserving, but who should be that one guy? And they always want to fight for their guys. But we were told very specifically that hey, if you get other Hall of Famers that played against these players like Ken Riley, who pound the table for him and mm-hmm. video and that information. Well, watch this quick video. I kind of put a couple clips together. I want to get your opinion on this piece right here, if I can find it real quick. Uh, watch this video. We- Ken Riley gets my full-throated endorsement for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. When- there, are, there are 65 reasons that he should be in the Hall of Fame. And really, there's probably a lot more than that. I mean, you know, total turnovers that he's he was responsible for. My case is that the man is a Hall of Famer. His records indicates that. And so justice need to be served for Ken Raleigh. Thank you very much. So, Clark, we, we've had, you know, we've got a couple more coming from two other Hall of Famers I'm hoping to have here within the next week. But James Lofton, Michael Haynes, and Mel Blunt have – those videos are very powerful. Those are just very short snippets of two- or three-minute videos. Yeah, but man, they're pretty powerful videos. That, that has to make an impact. I just wanted to get your opinion on that, Clark. Yeah, it does make an impact because Lofton played against him. Um, you know, Blunt really didn't because he didn't line up against him. But but he certainly saw him. Um, and so um, – and Mike Haynes – I mean, listen, Mike Haynes <laughs> – might have been the greatest quarterback in, that I saw in my lifetime. And I, I, I covered Deion Sanders. But um, Mike Haynes could do it all. He could do it all. So when Mike Haynes speaks, listen to him very carefully. And, um, and, and, and those comments should resonate with voters. And I say should because I know what happened in the past year. And what happened in the past year was Kirk Reynolds, formerly of the San Francisco 49ers, put on a video with five or six offensive linemen who faced Bryant Young and, and I covered Bryant Young and I'm a Bryant Young supporter. And it was a brilliant idea because they volunteered to be on this call and they had Hall of Fame voters or anyone who was interested in being on that call to fire questions at them. And it really resuscitated his campaign, Hall of Fame campaign, to the point where he got in this year. I mean, he got in and he wasn't even a finalist last year. And, and so he made it back. He was a finalist in 2020. But in 2021, of the 10 guys who didn't make it the year before, he was the only guy who didn't make it back. That's a bad sign. I mean, that happened to Roger Craig in it was 2010. He never got back. So BY did, and it was that video was very powerful. It was very powerful. And these were guys who had volunteered. Um, you know, Schlereth was on there. Kevin Gogan was on there. Uh, Robbie Tobek was on there. Guys from all different walks of, of life. They were from different teams. They'd all played against him. And and they didn't say he was the, the necessarily, you know, Hall of Fame worthy. They went far beyond that. They said he's in the category of Warren Sapp and, and uh, John Randall, except two of them said he's better. You want to stack him? I go B.Y. Randall Sapp. Another guy said B.Y. Sapp Randall. That really resonated with the voters who were on that. And that thing got momentum and it carried over into the meeting. And when we had the meeting in January, that was talked about a lot. So I, I, I applaud you for getting in touch with these guys, because if that's available to voters, and it is, I mean, I just saw it, that's powerful stuff. Those are guys who are on the field. 
And I always talk about eye tests. I mean, that's that's why we named our podcast the eye test for two. But if you watch somebody, you know they pass the eye test. You can tell when you watch John Elway throw a pass. He passed the eye test. I covered the Colts when Elway was drafted. Ernie, of course, he said, I watched the workout for five minutes and I left. I don't need to say anymore. You don't. You know what you got. And so, you know, he either got it or you don't. And when you watch someone like Ken Riley, if these guys like James Lofton is saying, absolutely. James Lofton is a voter. James Lofton is a voter. So there you go. They has got one vote. Um, I know several people in there, including myself, who are in that camp. So it's going to take a powerful argument to keep him out. That said, of those 12 guys, <laughs> I don't know who you toss. I mean, I don't know. I don't know who you toss. I, you know, um, but uh, I, I, I hope he makes it this year. If he doesn't, I think he's on the short track now, guys. That's the good news. Don't get discouraged if he doesn't make it. Because there's a guy like Kuchenberg, when I saw that list, I'd forgotten Kuch, but there's a guy like Kuchenberg that I think voters who are in there now go, how did, how did this group ever not include him? How did we never not include him? But there were reasons and some, some things that some of the um, um, voters had said and some of the persons associated with the Dolphins at that time had said that, that kind of hurt him. Um, but here, you've got a lot of people now talking about a team that, that we weren't talking about a year ago. Now we are. Why? Because they're right. in the Super Bowl and, and everything's looking up for them. So um, I, 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 I think the, 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 the future, maybe it's the present, looks good for, for Ken Riley. But um, if it's not this year, I, I would think it would be next year. I mean, he's a guy Clark. that, you, as I said, you can't just get over that 65. So Yeah, Clark, I'll tell you, man, hey, I, I, dude, we, I so appreciate you having your on, buddy. But, man, I'll tell you, we're beyond the frustrated stage as Bengal fans, right? Just, I mean, we – feel pretty strong. Like you said, I think the top eight guys in that all-time interception leader list are all in the Hall of Fame with exception of one. Yeah, well, I think Darren, yeah, Darren Sharper, I think, is tied for seventh. I mean, he, he's not going in for obvious reasons. But So, like, literally, literally, you know, it's it's been one of those things where it's just been so frustrating. One bangle in 54 yeah, years. Well, that's the, that's the problem. That's the problem. You go, you're going to tell me just one, t- one guy in the history of that team? Anthony Munoz, he's the only guy Hall of Fame worthy? Of course not. So exactly. what are we doing here, guys? What are we doing? And 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 so I can't explain what other, other voters have done. I, I've only been in there 13 years. Um, but there, but there's some people have been in there close to 30. <clears throat> so yeah. they've heard some arguments in the past. Uh, yeah, I, I share your frustration, guys. I'm frustrated about some other guys. Randy Gratishar is a guy I'm frustrated about. How, yeah. how are there no members of the Orange Crush defense in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Zero? No, no. It, Louis Wright's not in. Randy Gratishar is not in. What? Are you kidding me? But but I'm going to tell you, he has no traction. He hasn't had any traction until now. So, you know, the Gratishar is a guy I don't think is going to make it now just because he hasn't had any traction. But the fact of the matter is he's one of the 12 guys. That's good. The, the fact is you've got two, two Bengals who are the 12. I mean, that's that's speaks volumes. They've got a shot. So, I, I'm not telling you not to be angry. You should be angry. Right. You should be frustrated. But you should be encouraged now that seems like people have awakened to your franchise and said, there's something wrong here. There are people who are Hall of Fame worthy who have been waiting too long. We need to do something. Yeah, so, Clark, you sort, of, you sort of touched on my question a little bit. But obviously we're talking about, you know, previous generation of players. What What is the – that's really close up on my face. Sorry. Um, <laughs> what uh, what what has the impact of the Super Bowl appearance this last season have, if any, on uh, on the selection process? 
None. I'd say absolutely none. Because they're two apples and oranges. I mean, you're talking about modern-day players versus players from the past. Um, the Bengals were a, a really good franchise at one time. I mean, I covered I covered the Super Bowls when they were in there. And, and they pushed the 49ers to the, the limit, you know. And, um, but um, but it, it, it really doesn't have any impact on that. I, I, I think, um, if, if anything, people sort of awakened to Ken Riley when Woodson came up because – it was mentioned that Charles Woodson's got as many interceptions as Ken Riley. And there's some guys, I'll, I'll be honest, I would think there are some guys in there who just go, Ken Riley. Well, you, you should know about it. Maybe you don't. Look a little bit deeper into what he did. And right. and then when you say, wait a second, we put Woodson in as a first ballot guy. What, what was this guy doing? I mean, what was he doing to get 65 interceptions? And um, I don't know who it was, Mike Haynes, who said, you know, 65 reasons and um, and, and the turnovers he forced. Yeah, I mean, he was a guy that made a difference. So if he's a guy made a difference, in why, era, why? most of his interceptions in an era where they didn't throw the ball a whole lot. Too, no, that's, that's right. That's right. And, 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 and I will tell you, I'm not, I, as I said, I'm going to caution you by saying, I again, remind you, I'm not on that senior committee. I'm not speaking for them. I'm not speaking for them, but I know what the talk can be and has been zero pro bowls. What does that mean? So that's going to have to be explained. But um, if we just keep chasing our tail on that thing. So at some point, either you sign up for him or you don't. You know, at some point, you either sign up for him or you don't. And, um, and I think some people at this point go, enough's enough. We need to sort of move forward on this. So um, let's see what happens, guys. But when I looked at that list, I, I thought, he's got a shot because there are three people now. Three people for the next few years. Nine of those people are going in. Nine of those people. You're going to tell me Riley and Anderson get shut out from those nine? I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, Clark, hey, we, we're going to go one more question, and then we got a little surprise for you. I think James wants to ask you a question. Yeah, we'd be remiss not to ask you a Montreal Canadian question on the show. <laughs> we talked soccer earlier. So what's your thoughts on uh, your Canadian skipping on Shane Wright with the uh, first pick this year? You know, he lasted to the right fourth decision. Yeah, he lasted to the fourth pick. So I, I thought you know, that that sort of made me feel better when he lasted to the fourth pick because I listen, I, I don't scout these guys, but I like the fact that they got size at that position because they haven't, you know, they had they've had Gallagher, small guys there. Um and and so um I, I, I think it's it's at least it's encouraging looking forward. I mean, it's, it's so hard to go from a Stanley Cup final to the worst team in the league. I mean, one year. Um, but the, the fact of the matter is they've got to straighten out their um, goalie situation. I don't know what Carey Price is doing. I really don't know whether that knee is, is going to, you know, continue to keep him um, sidelined. I, I don't know what the situation is there. And and um, it just seems like they caught something in the second half of the season, which was good because they actually were interesting to watch. The first half, it's 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 so you know it's okay to be bad because you have bad teams. It's not good to be bad and boring. And they were bad and boring. And that's that's a curse. That is a curse. I'm seeing someone saying I'm pulling Jeff on with Clark. Yeah, I'd like to have Butchie on here. Butchie's great. Butch, I love Butch Hobson. Um, but um, I'm I'm just I, I'm I'm glad for the Montreal question. I've got by the way, this came from my daughter. Picked this up when we went up there for my birthday. There it is, right there. They they were actually where where did I put that number? They were, right number, there. One, they were number one. Yeah, there it is, right there. Um, and then a friend of mine sent me. Uh, Jean Beliveau, yeah, Jean Beliveau right there, yep. Um, so um, anyway, and then I got, yeah, oh wait, that's, oh yeah, it's the Jean Beliveau car, yeah, the car, Jean Beliveau right there. Um, so um, I, I I love watching that team, I love seeing that sweater, um, but I fell in love with that team in the 70s when they were the Flying Canadians. Yvonne Cornway is my favorite player of all time, but um, 
uh, they're just not that they're not that team anymore. And, and, and hockey's not, that's not played quite the way it was then. And I loved it when Montreal had, they had territorial rights over anyone that was from Montreal. That was great. You know, you got any French speaking guy playing for that team. And I, I just love the history, but it's been a long time. So uh, in answer to your question, I, I guess I like that choice only because big guy with size and, and because um, the, the sort of uh, favorite pick slipped to fourth. And I know he's got, an edge to him now, like Aaron Rodgers did. I'm going to make you pay for that. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Hey, hey Clark, <laughs> I just want to let you know, uh, because of you, this now is talking football, soccer, and, and hockey. Yeah, we're going to get – We you got anyone from baseball? Oh, come on, baseball? Well, oh, no, you're the Reds. Oh, no, the Reds. Oh, I, got, I got somebody here for you. I got somebody who wants to talk a little baseball probably. Jeff. There Clark, he is right there. Clarkson, what's going on? How you doing, Clarkson? Hey, Butchie, how are you? Hey, I, was, I just want to tell you, Clack, I was at a uh, my baseball camp reunion in Lakeville, Mass., and yeah. uh, they had a fundraiser for the Jimmy Fund with a silent right. auction. So I had a choice. I could have got a uh, photo signed, Robert Gordon, or Scorner. I was looking for something for my for my son, and uh, I could have got that for 200 bucks, which was pretty good. But uh, Bobby signed in the uh, May, uh, May 10th, 1970. Uh, winning uh, goal in overtime over the uh, over the Blues, I believe. Is that correct? It was the Blues. And it was, it was blues. either that and who either the goalie. Or, who was the goalie? Who was the goalie? Gump Worsley? No. Glenn Hall. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I thought he was pitching. Oh, that's Don Hall. <laughs> but anyway, the uh, and but that or a Pete Rose signed uh, Hit King shirt. And since he grew up in Cincinnati and there was somebody, and I'm sure there was somebody in that in that place in Massachusetts, who it would have meant more. The Robert Gordon Org thing would have meant more to them. And my son had meant more of the Hit King sign. Yeah, so I think it's a good choice. I made a tough call, a tough call yeah. there. Yeah, it was a tough call, but I, I'm going to get kicked off this podcast now because I would have taken the Robert Gordon Orr because uh, <laughs> I, I love Bobby Orr. That, but you know, I mean, Bobby Orr is a god yeah. to me. As a That's god. right. Had to make the had to make the sacrifice there for, for, the, for my son, though, because you had to make Yo, the, I understand. I, he must yeah. have been delighted. It's a tough call. It's uh, good to see you, Clack. I, uh, yeah. you've been, pump, you know, pumping. Uh, I think Riley and Anderson uh, have a have a have, are here in large measure for what the talk of fame has done, getting their uh, getting their story out there. And um, yeah, but know, now I mean, it's, it's in your hands. And I told these guys if they don't get in, you crack yeah. down on Jeff Hobson. All right, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it's tough because I've been writing for this stuff. You know, I've been writing on this stuff for twenty years, and I, oh, I, I know. remember. I remember the late, great Paul Zimmerman. I said, this is in 2003, 2004. And I was in the, and I was not on the committee at the time, but I was, went to the committee as they had convened before they were going to meet and during breaks in the vote uh, the day before the Super Bowl. And I'm asking, you know, why are these guys, why are not Anderson or Riley in? And Zim pointed in the hall and said, you know, into the room and said, look at the, and this is in 2004. And he said, maybe 8% of the guys in there have ever heard of Ken Riley. Right. And maybe a little bit more have heard of Ken Anderson. That's right. Yeah. And said, and it, they don't even know Willie Anderson. Who at the well, time that's was why, I, you know, I was on this podcast once before, and I think we were talking about Willie Anderson. And, yeah. and I know that he disappeared pretty quickly this year in terms of he didn't make the, the, the top 10. But I, as, as I t told you, Butchie, after that vote, and I tell these guys, don't be discouraged. That's not atypical. The, the, right. the, the telling year is the next year. The telling year is the next year because you've got to move forward. And so if he if he you know, is in the top 15 this year, which I assume he will be, um, yeah. don't don't 
you know, if he's, he's thrown out after you know, the first vote, that's okay. But if he doesn't make the top 15, that's a bad sign to go backwards. And that's what I was explaining to them with Bryant Young. He did that, but then went from nothing all the way to the winner's circle. Willie Anderson is going to be in the Hall of Fame, guys. I'm going to tell you he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. But yeah. the fact of the matter is he at least got his foot in the door. That's what you have to do. And Butch knows how important that is. Now you got to move forward. And when he gets in that top 10, now he's in the on-deck circle. But to me, it's so, so significant that you've got both Riley and Anderson in the top 12 here. And, and honestly, I think that's, that, that's really going to help someone's chances, whether it's Riley or Anderson. Right now, if I were to handicap them, Butch, I'd say Riley over Anderson at, you know, immediately. But uh, I think both eventually end up getting in. You hit it right on the head, Clack. The issue is the parish issue. That's what we just been, talked about. The issue, and I talked to the guy who's going to be presenting uh, 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 Kenny. And I listen. It's it's. I think I and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think back then, uh, if a you know great punt returner, and the only way you know, but there was no spot for the punt returner. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Had, so they had so parish. They needed to get parish on because of his punt returns, and you know. Uh, a lot of the times he made it because of his punt returns, and they yeah, weren't going to, and they weren't going to, they weren't going to put two Bengals on there. And the other thing is, this committee was designed to correct wrongs. That's right. And, that's right. And 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 that's a wrong that Kenny Riley went to no Pro Bowls. I can give you a variety of, of reasons. Overshadowed by the Steelers, they didn't, uh, you know, they didn't push their players. Uh, they uh, they didn't win a Super Bowl. I mean. It's it's you know and and that was Paul Brown's thing was look it's this a team thing he wasn't really you know he didn't want to he didn't want to push one guy over the other yeah. and um, I think uh, um, you know I can come up with twenty eight reasons why he yeah didn't and, go to but None the of them cynic, right. but but the dissenters are going to say uh, you know he, he, up against the Steelers well Lamar Parrish is up against the Steelers too he got elected uh, why didn't Paul Brown push him if he didn't push him and those are going to be the questions that are going to be asked. Yeah. And, and I'm sure he did. I mean, I'm sure he did. I'm just saying that it was not. It was a. It was a team based. You know, Paul. Yeah. No, I understand. I understand. You know? and, and and it, I think. I think this. You know, and I think just. Uh, be, but being in the same division as the Steelers, and I, you know, as I've as I've, I've tried to pound this too before, it's because the winning a Super Bowl seems to be a tiebreaker. You know, yeah. and so yeah. therefore that therefore you have too many. Too many uh, good players on great teams were in, and not enough great worthy players from bad or mediocre teams in. And I think that's, um, but you know, that's we know the problem. How do you correct it? Yeah, I think that particularly hurts Ken Anderson. I think that particularly hurts Ken Anderson because there's something like eight quarterbacks who haven't won championships or in the the Hall of Fame, and and uh, Ken Anderson's numbers also speak for themselves. But um, I, again, you know, it's it, it's a situation these guys are going back to. Why is there only one, one Bengal in the pro football game in 54 years? You know, people and and Butch knows in that room there was there were complaints for years about Denver. Denver went to more Super Bowls than they had guys in the Hall of Fame, and suddenly all of a sudden, you know, we start putting Bengals in, Bengals in, and I'm sorry, uh, Broncos in, and Broncos in. And I saw what uh, Jennifer typed in a you know a couple minutes ago she said we're tired of waiting next year it's always next year we're tired of waiting i understand that I, I i would be if i were a bengals fan tired of waiting but um this group of 12 includes two of your players who are hall of fame worthy and and you should be tired of waiting but at least now we're moving forward and as butch said the idea of of sort of enlarging this the number of annual seniors was to correct 
oversights or mistakes. And, and so that's what they're hoping to do. And honestly, as Butch mentioned, the fact that you've only got one in 54 years, yeah, that's a mistake. That's a mistake. Hey, Clark, you, Clark, you made a good point. I didn't even think about that. Bengals, Super Bowl three. One player in the Hall of Fame. We got more Super Bowl appearances than we do players in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, sure, yeah, sure. And, and, and whoever's, it, whoever's I mean, making that that case, Jeff, they, that guy should point it out. He should point it out. I mean, I I I don't know who's presenting him, but um, yeah. and I know I know Goose is in Riley's corner. That's gonna be helpful because Goose carries a lot of weight in that room. Right. No, I I no, and I Ira Kaufman, uh, Goose, Borges. I mean, yeah. uh, they're gonna have plenty. Of, they're gonna have plenty of ammo. And I should say. And Paul did push his guys. You know, when the day Kenny Anderson retired, Paul Brown said he's a Hall of Famer. Said that about Kenny Anderson. And I know how he felt about Riley. So I just think, uh, you know, the Steelers thing and, and they're, they're winning. Uh, and I remember talking to one of the former Steelers, trying to get a guy to, you know, talk about Isaac Curtis. Because, yeah, right. you know, I mean, here's a guy that should be discussed, you know, that we haven't even talked about as a senior, you know. Right. I, and I told the guy from the Steelers, you know, hey, uh, better numbers than Swan and Stallworth. Oh, but we won four. We right. got in four. Well, I mean, right. Isaac Curtis was a reason that the Bengals, you know, got to the playoffs in 73, 75. You know, so, I mean, it's. Uh, it goes back to what these guys were saying, though, Butch, because they got in the playoffs, the Steelers, you know, every year. And they were uh, won four championships in, in six years because of that. People saw a lot more of them. They saw yeah. them, so they knew who they were. And right. they may have not seen Isaac Curtis, so they, they didn't know exactly. who he was. But you go, oh, wait right. a minute, this guy's you know in the same league. Don't know him. I don't know him. But I saw the I saw the Steelers playing the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. I saw that. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. you saw Swan's catch. I you saw Swan's catch, acrobatic yeah. catches. Yeah, I know who he is. I know who Starworth yeah. is. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's sort of interesting. Yeah, <laughs> receivers from. <laughs> A Steelers team that I think was known for running the football, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so we have two wide receivers uh, anyway. Well, that's Clark, nice. man, look, uh, Clark, we appreciate I didn't mean to, to surprise you. Pull it on Jeff. I wasn't sure that was going to oh, go. No, I I want, yeah, I love having Butch on there. Jeff and I, we, we've known each other for, what, 30, yeah. 35 years, something like that. Clark's a very generous man. He's, he's a very generous yeah. man. He's helped me out in more ways than he'll ever know. Uh, this is the yeah, I'll, I'll call you Clark. I, I want to thank James for the the Montreal Canadiens question. That's the one that came out of left field. That's the one that came out of left field. I love that. Clark, what are we doing with Don Sweeney? Clark, what are we doing with Don Sweeney, man? Don Sweeney survives. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I have no the, idea. Only, the only sport we haven't talked about tonight was uh, lacrosse. So I'm sure James. Will- <laughs> that's that's Butch's bailiwick. Actually, he loves <laughs> Jimmy Brown. Jimmy Brown. I love talking to you guys. That's why when you contacted me, I thought I'll find a way to be on you because I love talking to you. And, and, and I thought there was a chance that Butch might be on. And you're right. You're in great hands with him. He makes terrific presentations. Um, you'll get these Bengals in. And, and, and I'm sorry for people who are frustrated. I understand that. But I guess my only my only uh, my only advice would be you're going to have to be patient. You have no choice. Clark, we'll we'll have you back on because very soon uh, after August sixteenth, we'll start belly aching about Willie Anderson not being in. So help us <laughs> help us right another wrong. There you go. I like your Ken Riley framed uh, uniform be over your left shoulder. That looks pretty cool. Yeah. Thank you, Clark. Man, we appreciate your time, buddy. Thank you so you much. You got it. Thanks, guys. Really a pleasure. But you take care. Thanks, Good to Clark. see you. Thanks, Good Clark. Night. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Jeff, he's good people, man. Yes, he is. He's a great man, and. Uh, he, 
he's done a lot of good stuff on uh, on the Bengals on that talk of fame thing, and there's yeah. a big reason uh, you know they're getting a little run now. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff, uh, dude, it means so much. You taking time. You're, I know you got so many things going on, and you taking time with just a, a bunch of fans means a lot to everybody, us and everybody that's watching. But man, we're we're pretty excited, and, and you're. Your uh, your guy Mon's watching too. Just want to let you know, main, my main Mon. Yeah, yeah. So, Butch, tell us what's you know. I mean, it was great news. Great news uh, to hear. You know, Kenny and Cam being in his final twelve. Whatever you're able to, to to share, I know there's things you're able to and things you're not able to share. But kind of give us the scoop, man. How does go and, and give us an idea of what happened to get get these guys in there. Well, I just think it's uh, it's more transparent now. You know, I think Jim Porter, the new Hall of Fame president, he heard he heard he heard the concerns from, uh, you know, from a lot of people about the senior process. Just the one wasn't enough. And it was kind of always. Uh, and I mean, you guys know this. You've done such a great job uh, yourselves pushing these guys. It was always a little bit of a, uh, a shroud of mystery over the thing. You know, when did the when did the committee meet? Uh, what list were they choosing from, you know? And uh, this kind of came to a head, I, th I thought, last year. And this is what I, I expressed to, you know, we had a call. And I said, I don't know how Ken Riley, two years ago, can come to this doorstep with Drew Pearson and virtually nearly get in. And then the next year, he's barely talked about. You know, like last year, he was barely talked about. That can't, that can't happen, you know? And so there's got to be more consistency, more transparency. And so I think they've done that. They've enlarged the committee, which I think in a, you know, in an effort to, to, you know, more voices, the better. And they've, you know, they've raised it from what the big thing they've done is raised it from one to three nominees, which is huge. And, you know, for the next four years. And then the other big thing I think they've done is they've each finalist is going to get a presentation before the vote. Because I never really could figure out what was going on in that final meeting of five when they broke it down from the nine-member subcommittee to five. Why they did that, I don't know. And then what they talked about in there, you never really knew. You never knew who was who were the finalists, who was getting in, and it was always kind of a kind of a mystery. Well, now it's now we got it. Uh, they announced it. They announced it at each stage, and there are the twelve finals. And the big thing is each in that meeting. It's going to be like a mini, you know, uh, uh, finals, like a hall final thing that they do the day before the Super Bowl. You know, each guy is going to be presented. And I think that's a big, I think that'll be a big, uh, a big, big, be a big bonus for the two Kennys because I think they have as good an argument as anybody in that room. And there's a lot of good arguments in there. But when you hear them, when the 12 guys get together on a screen, the 12 voters, and they stack up their arguments against others, I think, you know, it's, both of them got a compelling case. Right, right. Uh, Tom, I know you had a, a bunch of stuff to get with Jeff on here. Tom, how you doing, Pretty much? Pretty good. Pretty how good. Doing? How about yourself? Hi, thank you. Okay. Um, you know, one thing is where we're talking about momentum and this, that, and the other. And I think that's a little bit funny for, for guys that have been uh, out of the game since uh, before you know, Super Bowl twenty three. But – we were, we were talking a little bit to Clark about what, what is said in those room, that room against uh, Ken Riley, which uh, the first one is, well, you know, he, he played against Lamar Parrish. So yeah. I guess that eliminates Lester Hayes because he played on the other, other side of, of Mike Haynes. Right. But, you know, the, the one thing, you know, as we've talked to voters 
and writers, the one, the first thing a lot of times we hear is, you know, I never really, really think of Ken Anderson as a Hall of Famer. And then you say, well, he won four passing NFL passing titles. No, he didn't. Oh, yes, he did. Right. He was NFL Player of the Year. No, he was. Oh, well, yes, he did. Well, he wasn't yeah. a Super Bowl quarterback. Well, you know, if David Verser runs the right way and makes the right block, right. you know, he's a Super Bowl champion instead of, you know, one foot short. He carried a franchise. He took bad yeah. teams, made them average, took average teams, put them in the playoffs, and took a good team and took them within a foot of the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I have a good feeling, you know, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we're going to get good words on one to steal a phrase from a, a movie. If you use back Iron Man, is it too much to ask for both in these next couple of years? Right. No, that's right. And uh, Tom, yeah, that's a, that's very uh, well said. Uh, that's why there's just too many of the, that, that's why the Super Bowl, you can't, that can't be the tiebreaker. Oh, we want a Super Bowl. That can't be it because there's about there's there's you know 21 other guys helping them out there. It's the ultimate team game, uh, you know. Um, Kenny, you know, like Kenny Anderson got the Bengals there. He was a reason they got to the Super Bowl. He was a reason they were contenders for so many years. So, uh, you know, um, I I that's a you know that's that's not a great argument. The Super Bowl argument, you know, I, like I said, that has given birth to a lot of very good players on great teams being in there and not hall quality players from bad teams or mediocre teams in there. Um, and this is what we're faced with, with, uh, you know, guys like Riley and Anderson. And I dare say Isaac curse, you know, cause he could certainly be in this. He could easily be on this list of 12. So, you know, I know it's, I know it's hard, you know, and we've been, you know, we've been battling this. This is, this is, this is nothing new. You know, I've been writing about these guys for, and you guys have been talking about it. I know I've been, you know, going into these, you know, 03, 04, 05, talking to Zimmerman and all these guys and standing outside these these meeting rooms. So, you know, it's this is a 20-year, uh, you know, I'm wondering, you know, it's a 20-year deal uh, that I've been kind of amazed that this has gone on. So, uh, but, like, you know, given how you see, and then, then when you get inside and see what goes on, you're not, you know, you're not too surprised. So I, I think that um, the new format really helps them. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I'd be stunned, you know, I'd be stunned if one of them isn't one of the three. I mean, I'd be, uh, you know, you make a, you know, uh, there are good, you know, I remember Ron Borges saying when they get to this state, when you get to this stage of the finals, when they leave with just one, there's hall of famers, you leave the floor scattered with hall of famers, all 12 of those guys probably shouldn't, could be in. Yeah, well, I don't know. Sterling Sharp, I, I don't know about that. But, you know, um, you know, Klecko. You know, Klecko is uh, – somebody asked me today in my column, you know, would I vote for Klecko? Uh, you know, Klecko had a nice career. He didn't have a better career than the two Kennys. He didn't have a better career than uh, Maxi Bond, a nine-time Pro Bowler. He didn't have a better career than, uh, you know, than uh, Chuck Holly. Trust me, you if know. you're on social media, you know one guy that's going to vote for him. I'll leave it alone, yeah. though. Right. I mean, that's, you know, and that's, that's the thing. And that's the thing with this thing is you have, it's, it's a, it's a process done by human beings. And so you get what you get and you have to live with it because we are human beings and it's not a, uh, you know, uh, sometimes fairness and justice. You don't always get it, unfortunately. 
Jeff, thanks again for coming on. It's always good anytime we can have a Syracuse alumni on yes. uh, on our show. Uh, thanks, question for you. Clark Judge mentioned the name Jim Porter a couple times. You mentioned uh, the name Jim Porter. Obviously, we know he took over for Dave Baker at the Hall of Fame. Seems like he's maybe a, a breath of fresh air. It recognizes the importance of the veterans, getting more of them yeah. on the uh, ballot. Can you uh, touch on the addition of Jim Porter there in, in Canton and what he's done in a short time? Yeah, you know, he comes from a uh, he comes from a newspaper background, which I think kind of helps. He kind of understands what we face, what we want to get done, you know, and I think he's for, I think he's all for the transparency thing, you know, being a, being a, you know, from a newspaper background himself, you know, sunshine, you know, want to put everything in the sunshine, you know, and uh, I think that's, uh, I think that's really helped is, you know, he's been, uh, he's a guy that you can talk to, you know, and so I think he's, uh, I think he's really, he's really helped this process. I, you know, uh, he, he, to me, the big thing was uh, enlarging the committee because I think there are obviously when you talk with human beings, you're going to get agendas. You know, certain people have certain agendas. Well, the more people you have in the mix, you know, it's going to, I think, curtail that. So, um, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, majority will carry the thing, you know, instead of, uh, you know, I mean, I just when you had that five man committee making the calls, you know, I mean, three people could block you. Well, that's not, you know, that's, that's, that's tough. That's a tough deal. You know, I mean, uh, uh, so I, I think Jim did a great job listening uh, to that aspect of it and uh, really opening up the, uh, really opening up the alley of, uh, you know, kind of shedding some light on what goes on. And, uh, you know, again, well, you know, it's still not a, uh, you know, uh, Clark mentioned it and I've been hearing it too, like uh, with Riley. Well, you know, I was talking to a guy, to a voter who said, well, you know, uh, uh, about Riley, you know, well, they don't, you know, they threw a lot of interceptions back then, you know, there, there wasn't a, uh, you know, they weren't, there wasn't great passing, you know, the completion percentages weren't good, you know, so they try, they'll try to find anything for you. He still had 65 picks, which is the bottom line. He's been retired since 1983 and only one man still has more touchdowns than he does since he retired in 83. That'd be Rod Woodson. So, you know, and then I asked the guy, okay, well, what's the argument with Ken Anderson then? If the if completions percentage were lousy, here you got a guy who retired as the all-time leader in postseason completion percentage, season completion percentage, and percentage in a game with more than 20 throws. So what's the so what's going to keep him out there? So, you know, I think the more people you get in this thing, the better shot they got. Jeff, I think one of the things you hit on there, the, the, what we've learned in a very short period of time is you said the, the big word transparency. Uh, that That's critically important, I think, through this whole process, because uh, what we've learned over the past couple of years, you've been doing this a lot longer. We we were shocked at the lack of transparency through this whole process. Well, we were talking and I and I and I appreciate Clark saying, well, you know, people didn't start noticing Riley until they put in Woodson. No, I have to disagree. I have to. Unfortunately, people didn't notice Riley until he passed. Unfortunately, and uh, because I worked on that, I worked on that. Uh, you know, with him, I worked with him in you know the four, three or four pre, you know the three or four previous years, uh, trying to trying to get him in, and uh, you know stone stone wall. And then when he passed, he almost got in, which is yeah. that which is sad. If that's if that's how they found out about it. Yeah. 
So, Jeff, I, I, thanks for being with us. But I, I guess the, the one thing I'd like to be able to close with, if you're able to share, I know you're going to be a busy man, uh, uh, you know, through this whole process. And obviously the 16th is a very big date uh, for Ken and Kenny. Um, again, we, you, you mentioned it earlier. I, I still say we've got uh, Lamar Parrish. I'm looking at my wall here, these pictures of these guys, Lamar Parrish, Isaac Curtis, Corey Dillon, uh, you know, Max Montoya, Willie Anderson, all these guys we need to get, but you can't get them all in at once. Right. So we got to focus on one or two of these guys and Ken and Kenny are, are the two that are focused right now. So explain to everybody that's watching right now, Jeff, what is really the next step for in, in this process and how this is going to work when we get up to that date on the 16th? Yeah, they're going to, uh, and really it's out of my hands. I mean, I can, you know, I'm going to help the guys who are presenting, but what can you do? You know, I can't, I can't vote, you know, and, uh, you know, so it's, it's kind of like watching a, uh, you know, very frustrating because you're just watching and you've done, you know, you've done what you can, but it's in the hands of the voters. It's like, you know, I guess it's like what a politician feels like on, uh, when he's watching the returns come in. What happens is three guys will come out of that thing on the 16th. Okay, they will automatically go to the finals of the whole shooting match. Okay, the Pro Football Hall of Fame finals, that selection committee, and I'm a member of that. That's the big committee meets before COVID. It met the day before the Super Bowl. Okay, the senior nominee, now it's going to be three senior nominees are going to be a part of that selection process. Uh, and he'll be in there. Those three nominees will be in with um, 15 modern era players, of which you hope Willie Anderson is one. And there'll be also be coaches and contributors. So each finalist is going to be presented. And they'll be in that final vote in February. In that final vote, every finalist will be presented and debated. And then the, there will be a yes or no vote on that candidate. And he has to get 80% of 49 votes to get in. And so, that's so why, Jeff, yeah. Sorry, is that is it my understanding? Is it accurate? And again, I could be completely wrong on this, Jeff. So, the big thing is this date on the 16th. What yeah. happens in February is somewhat of, of a formality, right? It's very rarely well, do you get. Yes, very rarely is a senior nominee shot down. I think the last one was in 2012. Okay. Right. Now, it may be, there may be some folks don't like three, don't like three senior nominees. They might not like the fact that there's so many. I've heard that there, you know, I've heard some people say, well, why are they getting more than one? But I, I would think. You know, in years past, when it's been one or two senior nominees, they got a pretty, they have an excellent chance of getting in. Will that yeah. change now? I don't think so. I think most guys are like me. I think most voters are like me. If this is what the senior committee does, you'll 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 stand by their work. Whoever they bring out, I trust. They know you know these guys. Borges, uh, you know. Goose Goslin, Ira Kaufman, you know, the new guys that are on there, uh, D-Led and Bob Glauber. These guys know. They, they, they're going to do their research. They know what they're doing. The guys they come out with, I'll, more, you know, I'll probably vote for them. I think most voters feel that way. They, they, they've they got a committee for a reason, and they'll take the committee's recommendation. Like I said, it hasn't been 
I think the last senior guy, it's 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 been like a good 10 years that right. a senior not and then he eventually got in. The guy who got can't remember, I think it was a it was an offensive lineman. He was later got in like three years later. Jerry uh, Kramer. Uh, yeah, uh, no, I think it was the guy from the line. I can't remember his name now. Uh, but um, yeah, but I, maybe Kramer. I don't know if Kramer got voted down. It took him forever. What it took him like fifty years, right, Tom, to get to get to get out of the room, you know. And even then, it was still, you know, it was uh, you know people were saying, well, you know, he made one play or something, you know. I mean, block, you know, he had a pretty good well, career. I would say. Actually, he didn't even make that block, but he deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. There's no quite. There's no question. Yes. Well, Jeff, I, I tell you what. Here, here's what we're planning to do on the 16th. Keep your schedule open for give us about 20 minutes. August 16th. Be ready. We're going to be going live from Canton, Ohio, because we expect some really damn good news that day. Because uh, I'm literally, I will be at Canton. I will be in front doing a live remote from Canton, Ohio, on the 16th, brother. So. Make sure you have. You make sure you take a couple minutes for us that day. Be ready for it. Oh, there's no question, uh, Jim. I, I mean, I, I wish I could be like Joe Kennedy and uh, promise to deliver Illinois. But I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I can't. Uh, I wish I could, but yeah, no, definitely August 16th, big day in American history. Yes. Uh, yes. Babe Ruth passed and Elvis Presley passed, but I think Kenny Anderson and Kenny Riley are going to live. Uh. Well, Jeff, brother, we we appreciate your time. You mean so much to everybody watching right now, brother. Keep fighting. Keep working your ass off, buddy. But uh, we appreciate your time with hey, us today. Jimmy, Jimmy, can I ask him one current yeah, thing? Because I can't get an accurate thing. How is the punting competition going? Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. can give me an answer. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody's punting yet. I think it's all jugs. Okay. <laughs> that's, uh, Tommy, Tom, that's one of those things where – it's going to be the games, right? There's always that. You know, yep. uh, I tell you what, uh, Crispin looked good holding, but that's all you can say. He, he looked good last year early in camp. I mean, I mean, I remember yeah. going to a couple practices and seeing how well he punted, and then it kind of popped into a couple of the papers. You know, uh, hey, Crispin looks pretty good. I wonder if we had many got hurt. You know, right. right after we yeah. thought maybe we had a competition. So I just wonder. But it's going to be tough with Huber. It's going to be tough with Huber's hands. I mean, he's got those. He's got those golden hands, you know, and, uh, you know, and we all know McPherson's, uh, you know, McPherson's one of our big we weapons. So I don't know. I think the, I think the, uh, the punting maybe, uh, maybe, maybe take a back seat. Who can hold it? Who can snap it? And who can hold it? Because that guy, uh, well, you already saw what he did. McPherson. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jeff, brother, we appreciate it, man. We'll, we'll stay in touch, man. And I can't wait. To, I can't wait till the 16th, buddy. Can't wait to talk to you the 16th. Uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, for uh, checking in. Tommy, good seeing you again. Way to work. Good talking to you, James. And uh, it's uh, who day? Who day, buddy? We'll thanks, see you. Jeff. Thanks, day, Jeff. Take care. Thank you. See you now. See you, buddy. Night. Staying on your punting situation there, um, Tom, it's interesting that um, that Jeff mentioned the, the hands aspect. As everybody knows, we had Shane Graham on last week, and I don't remember if he said it on air or if it was our discussion um, prior, how important that uh, holding the ball was on those, um, on those snaps. And, you know, obviously Evan's a, Evan's a weapon. So uh, punting's, uh, punting's important, but that uh, holding the ball on those snaps is uh, just as important, if not a little bit more. But, you know, it's on that, you may, Shane Graham said, and I think somebody said here, you know, in this particular competition, 
the holding aspect might be 60% of, you know, the equation of, of who wins that battle. So, and like Shane Graham said, also with teams going for it on fourth down so often from all parts of the field, you know, it, it lessens the, the, the kicking aspect of it, puts a little more emphasis on the holding aspect. Hey guys, we're going to, we're going to keep going here. We're a little bit behind today and I've had uh, John Turney on here since about nine 50. So he's ready to go. So guys, real quick, uh, we're doing something a little different here. I'll let Tom introduce John here. John is on my cell phone. I think we have this connection, right? John, can you hear us right now, buddy? Yeah, I, I sure can. Okay. Uh, James and Tom, I just want to make sure. Can we hear, can you guys hear him when he was talking just now? Good. All right, Tom, I'll let you go ahead and do the introduction. Let's get rolling with John. I'm, I'm excited about this guest. John's uh, John's going to be fun. So John is, uh, he is football. He, he writes for Pro Football Journal, uh, writes about the history of the league, the history of the Hall of Fame, and their candidates. And he just had an outstanding article a couple weeks back. I talked to him a little more in depth about it today, where he ranked every senior nominee, I believe all 56 of them, and sort of ranked them in terms of, you know, very likely, somewhat likely, might get in, kind of weak case and so forth. And uh, certainly he gave a lot of attention to uh, both of our guys, both Ken Riley and Ken Anderson, but uh, spoke to him about that today. also spoke to him about the process. He is a straight shooter. Uh, like he said, he calls balls and strikes. He has no allegiance to a team, but he does have a strong knowledge and love for football. So, John, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure. I don't know what I can add to those great guests you had before. They're Hall of Fame voters, so their opinions really count. Um, I don't have the gravitas that they do. I'm just an observer. There's absolutely no question about that. They're following Jeff Hobson. It's, it's kind of like following Elvis on stage, so we, we apologize for that. But, uh, no, talking to you, you're more than qualified. We love having you. We appreciate having you. So – as you go over these final 12 candidates, you broke them down a little bit for me today, but, but share with all of our, uh, our football fans, fellow fans out there. Uh, you know, how do you see these, these 12, who do you see that has a really strong case this year? And, and you pointed out some things to me today. It's, sometimes it isn't about the play and about the career. It's the momentum they have had within the committee that makes them likely to get in. Jimmy, you're muted. We can't hear. If you could uh, start over that that answer there, John, that's on me. Go ahead. No, no problem. Uh, every voter is going to have their agenda, players that played in their market, players they covered. So that's kind of what I try to follow. And I try to follow that year after year so you can see how they're, how they're holding up in the process. Some guy might ache. Uh, uh, get his head up and, and get some momentum for a couple of years, then fall away. Other guys can get momentum going. They're getting closer and closer. Then they get in. So I follow that more than probably most people. And it, it's interesting to me. And I, and I do that through social media and through contacts of the voters. And it's kind of like picking up the buzz of what's written out there. It's, you know, like you said, the agendas uh, that each of the voters have, uh, in this case, the nine voters in there, uh, as we talked about today, deals they've made, favors they're paying back, 
you know, they won't vote against, they will vote against one candidate to, to push their guy that much more deserving or not. More specifically, how do you see uh, our two candidates, the guys that we're most worried about, the guys that have, are deserving but have been neglected over the years, and Ken Riley and Ken Anderson? Well, the highest rating I gave in the article you're referring to was the chances or the odds were pretty good. And I gave Ken Riley the highest. I had several others that are also pretty good because you can never know. But I had him higher than Kenny Anderson. I think Kenny Anderson has a fair shot. I just think he's lost momentum. He's been in the final 15 before. Um and you haven't heard as much about him lately. Obviously, I could be wrong, but I don't think I think they might cancel each other out a little bit. But if if one survives, my opinion is that it'll be Ken Riley. Yeah. So so John, in your opinion, uh, again, uh, we're we're asking, we're shooting for the moon and stars, right? Uh, no way in hell both of them get in out of these three. I would think, right? There's no way they're going to let two Cincinnati Bengals seniors get in at the same time. I don't I don't see that happening. The, the voting, they have a top 12, then they'll have a, a, a round of votes, it'll cut it to five. Then they'll have another round of votes, and it'll cut it to three. Jimmy, you're muted. I'll tiebreaker, I'll, I'll go against two Bengals. I, I, that's just my guess. I could be totally wrong, but I think it's uh, the odds are pretty low of both of them going in this year. Got it. Got it. Tom. So John, uh, we, we just, you know, listening to, to Clark and Jeff, hearing the, the weaknesses from you talking to guys, you know, we, we have our people that we're able to talk to, but certainly you're a little broader. And like you said, you call balls and strikes very simply from that national media that maybe wasn't exposed to these Hall of Fame players that played in a smaller media market, two very classy team-oriented guys. Uh, what What is a typical argument against the two of them? Well, I think the, the positives for Ken Anderson are, are well-known, the four passing titles. He was a league MVP, and that's rare. And he, he got to a Super Bowl, and he was close to winning it. Uh, there's what's called a, a little donut hole in his career. Kurt Warner, though, had one where he was great with the, the Rams, and then he was uh, had a nice rebound with the Arizona Cardinals. But he had what Peter King called a donut hole in the middle where he just was not productive with, with the Giants, and they had to consider that. If I were making the case for Ken Anderson, I would use – Kurt Warner is kind of a model because their careers kind of had similar, similar tracks because if Kurt Warner can get in with kind of the two or three years in the middle of his career that were not as productive sandwiched by tremendously productive years where he won the passing titles and then won the MVP and then another passing title. I think that makes the best case that there is room for a guy who, who you know might have gotten hurt, might have not have a great team in, in those years, but I think that's a, a, somebody that ought to use that nugget to, hey, look at look at Kurt Warner. Their careers are similar. No, absolutely, and uh, you know, so far as particularly with quarterbacks, they use it for all players, but particularly quarterbacks. 
when I think of Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, Fran Tarkington, Dan Fouts, um, you know, who couldn't beat Ken Anderson to even get to a Super Bowl, uh, you know, holding it against Ken Anderson that the Bengals fell at one foot short of, of winning Super Bowl 16, uh, I don't think holds much much water. And I think, though, that argument is starting to lose steam that a quarterback has to win a Super Bowl to get in. I think you're right. There are plenty of quarterbacks who who didn't win a Super Bowl that are getting in. I, I think I think it was just the consistency with Ken Anderson when he had that lack of production in those few years when he was hurt and had the problems. However, that doesn't disqualify him in any in any fashion. It just gives some of the voters pause. It, it gives them something to sink their teeth in and say, I'll just pass on him and go with somebody else. That's the way I see it. It might not be my personal opinion, but that's that's what I see them saying or when I talk to them at Super Bowls, that's kind of the things I hear. And it's skipping to the other side of the ball, uh, a guy like we were talking about, similar temperament, team first guy, a little quiet with the media, not a lot of flash, comes in, gives his Hall of Fame performances and, uh, and, and went on, you know, would go home in Ken Riley. But uh, comparing him to other defensive backs and mainly cornerbacks, you know, we, we had a little gathering here we called Jungle to the Hall last month. And it isn't just every man in the history of the NFL that has lined up at cornerback. Every single player, Ken Riley has more interceptions than one. He's second all time amongst cornerbacks for interceptions from lining up at the cornerback position. Uh, you know, between that, the players he played against, the respect he has from his peers. Uh, you know, other than the fact that uh, he played with a, a guy on the other side of the uh, other side of the line of scrimmage is pretty good in Lamar Parrish, I don't see any argument against him. Well, I don't think so because um, Lamar Parrish isn't on the ballot, so he's he's not going to be a factor. I think the dark horse you might look at is Everson Walls because he's got support for at least from at least a couple of voters who really like him. And he has 57 interceptions, just five behind Ken Riley. And he was all pro, went to some pro bowls and won a Super Bowl ring. So he checks more boxes. Now I'm not saying he was a better player. Uh, That's not for me to say. I'm just saying he checks those boxes that a lot of times those voters like to look at. So that could be an issue in this particular ballot. It might not be, but that's something to to look at because he's got some support from New York voters and from you know people affiliated with Dallas. They like him a lot. He he had a, an eleven pick season. He led the NFL three times in picks, and and then he had that ring. So those are just things to kind of put in the back of your mind and and think about because when you have two players at the same position they they might knock each other out the same might be true of the linebackers there's a lot of good linebackers on that list you know johnny you bring up one point and then i'm going to turn it over to to my my co-hosts if ken riley and ken anderson during the era that play they played which was very similar kenny riley from 1969 to 1983 ken anderson was a starter from 1971 to 1985, and then he, he played a few years after that. Had either one of them 
played on those miserable New York Giant or New York Jet teams in the 70s or those miserable Chicago Bear teams in the 70s and early 80s and had the same career that they had here in Cincinnati, they would have never made it to the senior committee. They'd have been voted in on the regular basis their first 15 years in. So I think you touched on that when you say, you know, guys from New York that are pushing Everson Walls. Hell of a player, probably a Hall of Famer, but not Ken Riley. Well, I think you have to deal with the realities, and that's part of calling the the balls and strikes and kind of looking at who's got momentum. Everson Walls made the final 15 a couple of years ago, and he was close to getting in, is my understanding. That's just what I was told behind the scenes. So he made the final, I think he made the final 10, and that's pretty good showing. So that just tells you that he had quite a bit of support. And then I I wasn't sure he was going to, make it to this final 12 uh, when i when i did i i thought his i thought his chances were fair and i gave ken riley a higher prediction or odds of pretty good but you just have to watch those things and when they're when the voters get together they make cases for their players and they look at them and they're weighed and measured and have to look at them pretty closely Got it. Tom, anything else? No, uh, we'll just shift it off to you guys. You yeah, I, I, John, I, I, it's very interesting tonight's show. I mean, we're going obviously way over uh, than what we normally apologize and thank you for, for hanging on with us on this because, you know, having, um, you know, Clark Judge on early in the show, then Jeff Hobson from the Cincinnati Bengals and you, have, we've gotten three unique perspectives on this. And um, the one thing we are hearing pretty clearly now is with the new, the new process, getting three voters, three three seniors in, there, there seems to be a pretty good consensus that there's more transparency now than there has been in years past on this stuff. So, is that something you're able to comment on, or if you if stuff you've heard as well? Yeah, I absolutely agree. The senior committee used to, <clears throat> pardon me, senior committee used to be, well, still twelve members, but then they would pick, they rotate five, and those five would meet in in a room in august at the hall of fame and some of the personalities might be strong some of them might not be they also had two advisors that are from the hall of fame so one year i don't know it could be roger staubach and it might be i don't know just throw out any hall of famer's name and they would advise what was going on i don't believe they're going to be doing that this year it's just going to be the 12 voters discussing the, the the cases somebody will stand up make a case for joe klecko somebody will stand up and make a case for bob kutzenberg somebody will you know stand up and make a case for ken riley <coughs> i apologize for that got something stuck in my throat it's okay so then they'll then they'll just make their votes you know according to their conscience they'll cut they'll list their top five guys based on that and then they'll have a list of five and they won't discuss it any further. They'll just cut it to three. And the great part about it was, is having three instead of one. A couple of years ago, we wrote and, and, you know, just begged Dave Baker. Of course we had no, no, uh, no pull whatsoever to have at least two seniors. When there were three that came out, I, I was ecstatic. 
So it being more transparent and having more senior players, that's going to solve a lot of the problems. So if it, so if somebody you like from the Bengals doesn't get in this year, it doesn't preclude it from the next year because over the next three years, there's going to be nine guys that get in. And you can probably bet that a lot of those nine are going to come from this list of 12. Yeah, you would hope so. I'll tell you, and this is nothing, John. We, we've heard your comment about, hey, being patient, being patient. I get it. We're hearing that across the board. But I'm telling you, man, I, I it's one thing us as fans, you know, being told to be patient. But, man, when you've got family members and of Ken Riley, Ken Riley uh, and people telling Ken Anderson for the last 10, 15, 20 years to be patient, be patient, be patient. At some point, they're just not hearing that anymore. And I think that's kind of where we're at as well. And so I'm going to put you on a spot a little bit. You do not have to answer this. I didn't give you a heads up. I didn't tell Tom to, to kind of prepare you for this. But if you had your your vote and you had three guys going in uh, this year for the senior vote, uh, reminding you, this is a Bengal fan show. Hopefully one of those three will be a Bengal, but hopefully two. But tell us who you, what three you think. Uh, again, we know you're impartial. You're you're not gonna you're not a fan of any specific team. But what three do you think? Um, not any order one through three, but uh, that you think get in uh, this year for the seniors. Well, I've already posted on that. I I think Chuck Howley has a very good chance. I think five All Pros, six Pro Bowls, Super Bowl MVP, uh, winning a Super Bowl. I think he's got a really good chance. So I would predict him. Uh, I think Randy Gratishar probably has his year this year, and I'm going to give you uh, I'm going to give you kind of a sleeper, Cecil Isbell of of the Packers. From they're going to reach. I think they might reach way back. I think one of those three slots is going to be reserved for a super senior that goes way back a long ways. Uh, I could be totally wrong, but. Um, I just had, the fact that he's on there says a lot and just to bring him up and put him on the final 12 might mean the, that the Packer voter and some of the, some of the voters are listening to some of the historians that said this guy was great. He threw all those passes to Don Hudson. So that would be my dark horse. Um, it's not necessarily, I'm not one, I'm not saying I would put him in personally. I probably Probably wouldn't, but that's my dark horse for the third guy. Got it. Got it. Well, John, we appreciate it uh, so much you being with us, buddy. It means a lot. And thanks for hanging on with us. I know we were a little late getting you in there, man. And I know Tom wanted to kind of say something in closing as well. For you. No, John, just wanted to thank you. And uh, hopefully you don't mind if we, we bug you a few more times, you know, uh, with the announcement coming up in a couple of weeks. And then, uh, uh, like we mentioned at Clark, uh, also uh, – analyzing Willie Anderson. We feel very strongly about him getting in, not waiting another year, but getting in now. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that one. I agree with that a lot. I think Willie Anderson deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, but I know you run out of time, but he was a personal favorite. He was a great right tackle. Yeah. Well, brother, we we'll appreciate it. We, we will stay in touch, big dog. It means a lot. Thanks so much for your time tonight. All right. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. See ya. So I hope that sound was okay. So let's pull, let's pull. Uh, I'm not sure what happened to Jamie. I don't, I haven't looked at my text message. Hope, hopefully Jamie's okay. Um, but let's, uh, let's pull on Caleb here. So Tom, I, I, John was fun to talk to, man. He knows his shit. 
he does. He does. He does a great job. Uh, I personally don't always agree with uh, some of the guys that write for that, but they do have a, a few big, big stars, and clearly he's one of them. So hopefully we'll have him back on. Yeah. You know, it's something, uh, I'm going to reiterate this again. It, it sounds like the the changing of the guard at uh, in Canton has, has been good. Um, you know, all three guests mentioned the, the new president. Um, you know, we had David Baker on the show and seemed like a nice guy. Obviously, we know that he had a, a quick – quick retirement and it was gone pretty quickly um, from the pro football hall fame. But it, it, all three of our, our guests tonight spoke very highly of the, the new man in charge up there. And, and hopefully that um, that'll lead, um, you know, I think as, as it was said, to more transparency with what goes on in, in this voting and ultimately at the end of the day, getting our uh, Bengals in the, in the hall of fame. Right. Right. Well, guys, real quick, there's some things at the beginning of the show. Go ahead, whoever that was. Sorry. All right, I was going to say I was really thinking that uh, you were trying to gear him towards picking a bingo in one of his three, and he did not give in to the peer beer salesmanship. Didn't come through there, Jim. I was hoping for it. I didn't want to push him too hard on that, but, you know, again, he's not voting at the end of the day. There's some definitely some guys in that 12, uh, Tom and I know, that are in Riley and Anderson's corner. So, I, I you know – all these years that Ken Riley's family and Ken Anderson have been told, be patient, it's going to happen, be patient. Well, three, four, five, 10, 15, 20, come on, every year. It, it's, that just goes on deaf ears to me at this point. But a couple things we forgot to hit on uh, beginning of the show, guys. Uh, August 20th, uh, Cincy Bob's, our, guy, our buddy Josh, is dropping a new bobblehead. Tim Crumry is being released on 820. Uh, you can go to their website, cincybobs.com. I think Caleb will try to put that in the comment section for you if you want to kind of look at that. Uh, it's 12 to 3 that day. If you want to, you can go online and order and pay, or you can actually go to Heirloom Framing up in Fairfield uh, to pick up a Tim Crumry bobblehead. Again, only 288 of these things from 12 to 3 to Heirloom Framing on the 20th of August to pick that up. So uh, really cool stuff in the works, uh, not just with Tim Crumry bobblehead, but some other great surprises Josh and Holland and those guys got planned for us. Uh, the other thing, too, uh, we weren't joking about August 16th. Um, it, you know, we will find out, I'm hoping, mid-late morning that day uh, if uh, can or can get into the Hall of Fame. I will be driving up to Can. We'll be doing a live remote uh, in front of the Hall of Fame that night uh, because I, I just feel in my heart one of those guys are getting in. I think that's right. I think there seems to be a little bit more momentum for, for Ken Riley right now than Ken Anderson. But, God, it would be awful if both of them got in at the same, at the same time. Uh, the other thing, too, Cincy Shirts uh, dropped that uh, untamed front and back kind of 80s rock era uh, James idea uh, of, of uh, a tailgate shirt. And I know those things are selling like crazy. So make sure you go to, uh, I think it's www.bengalgym.com. You can order multiple shirts. The koozies are, are dropped. I think we've sold well over 100 shirts and maybe 40 plus koozies in a very short period of time. 100% of those proceeds go directly to the Ken Anderson Alliance, okay? 100% of those proceeds go to the Ken Anderson Alliance. We'll start giving you guys updates on where things are with that. But uh, it was really cool to be at the uh, stadium yesterday and see run into three or four people wearing the uh, the untamed shirts uh, with the concert tour stuff on the back. So very cool. James, great idea on that, man. We seen, I seen three or four people yesterday with them on at the stadium. Where's our, where's our picture for it to pop up here and brag about it some more? 
Oh, damn it. We, I got, just... the, we got the big burrow. We got our talking football one. But Hold on. We got, we got the big burrow. Got the big burrow. Uh, we got the koozie. We got the, the tailgate. I, I did not put that damn thing in here. That's on me. That's on me. <laughs> All right. Now, that, that's a cool shirt. Again, thanks to our buddy Josh at, at Cincy Shirts for unveiling that. He did some some teasing picks leading up to it. And I think, I don't know, a lot of fans didn't know what to expect. And then uh, unloaded that and was, was very cool. So uh, props to them. As you said, go to BengalGym.com. Order those if you're not around. Um, the uh, Cincy area. We'll gladly uh, ship you one and uh, enjoy it. They're pretty cool. Yep. Let's go around and close this damn thing out, guys. Sorry, we're a little bit later again today, but three great guests. I hope you guys learned something about the senior voting for the, the seniors and, and for the Hall of Fame. Every time we have these conversations with these guys, we learn something a little bit new. So um, I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about the 16th, thinking you know one of these guys are going to get in this year. So we'll kind of kick it off here. James, you want to go ahead and uh, start out the closeout? Yeah, it uh Excited. Well, I mean, what a turnout Saturday down there at uh, PBS. I think that's just a, a precursor for what we're going to um, see this year. Uh, sold out Paul Brown Stadium every uh, every week. And uh, to see all the Bengals fans turn out for, you know, for a practice was just crazy. So props to um, them. Also, something we didn't touch on, but something that affects the AFC North, possibly um, a verdict or the judge's ruling or the mediator, whatever. She is on what's going to happen to the uh, quarterback on the uh, on the team up north. You know, I think we were going to put a um, a poll question up. I think check um, Twitter after. You know, we hear everything from two games, six games, eight games, the full season. Um, you know, what will ultimately happen to um, to their quarterback? Obviously, some strong opinions um, on, on what should happen. We'll see what the ultimate verdict is, but. Uh, Supposedly that's uh, going to be released tomorrow, so we'll keep our ears open to um, to that. Again, you know this this Hall of Fame thing is, is something personally I didn't think about until we we did the first jungle to the hall um, last year, and it, it's something that's kind of grown near and dear to um, to my heart and and what we do. And you know, had a second great jungle to the hall this year, and it's just you know it's a shame that we don't have more in. Um, you know, we heard the number of Super Bowls versus the number of people in and uh, obviously lopsided in the, in the wrong direction and we need more. So I think fans uh, across the world, Bengals fans across the world have, you know, just keep blowing the horn and, and, and keep moving forward. You know, we keep hearing next year, if not this year, but um, kudos for staying positive. It's certainly a, a frustrating process, but think of how hard it is for, for us, the fans versus, you know, the, the players and their families that are struggling with it. You know, this time every year, it just, you know, keeps coming up and, and just frustration. Just get your hopes up and then get let down. So keep uh, keep fighting the good fight and, you know, it's going to happen. And, um, you know, have these guys on, I think, you know, preaching to them and, and you know, hearing the Bengals fans preaching and, and doing it in, in the right way uh, goes a long way. So, so keep it up. Uh, Tom? No, like you said, uh, keep fighting the good fight and keeping the word out. It does matter. So these next uh, 16 days, social media, flood them everything, everything we know about these two legends, Ken Riley and Ken Anderson, the passing titles, the MVP, the leadership, the skill, the interceptions, and the class that both men uh, exemplify, not just for the Bengals, but the city as a whole. Uh, housekeeping, a reminder, next Sunday night, 
we will be on. We've got one guest already uh, confirmed, Austin Elmore from Cincy 360, a very big Bengals fan on uh, iHeartRadio, does a great job covering the Bengals. He will be one guest to join us. And then after that, August 16th, the games, preseason games will start. It's the night that the Hall of Fame uh, senior committee nominees are out. And then we'll go back to Tuesday. We'll go back to game time time every week. We'll see you Tuesdays at 8. But thank you for your patience tonight. And Caleb. I, uh, I was actually going to point out the same thing that James was with this upcoming verdict, um, just because of when we play the Browns specifically, it could very well be his first game. It could be his last game of the suspension. Um, Jim and I have even talked about it as far as uh, purchasing the away tickets about gambling. If when it's going to, the decision comes out, whether the price is going to go up or down versus that. But I mean, a lot of people seem to think it's right about that time. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, very excited that all three of our guests seem to have at least moderate hopes that um, pretty excited that we made it into the final 12, but um, it's, it's a lot more encouraging than if we had had this conversation with them three years ago, four years ago, it seems. Um, so as you guys have mentioned, pounding pounding the pavement for him talking about it It, it's it's working and it it's clearly heading in the right direction yep i agree and just a a quick secret this is kind of news breaking news tom and i are going to be sneaking into the room when they have these discussions about ken anderson and ken riley we're we're going to be presenting uh so we're we're going to be good we're going to get one of these guys in tom we're going to make it happen who did jeff say was was presenting i don't know that's a question we got to get. Uh, Jeff, if you're watching still, brother, if, if you're able to tell who's presenting for Riley and Anderson, that'd be awesome. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I appreciate everybody. Again, I know this is the second or third week in a row we've had, uh, we've went over on our time, but I'll tell you what, that last last episode last week with the 2005 team was just a really lot, a lot of fun for us. Hopefully it was fun for you guys. Tonight, the three guests were amazing. Jeff, as usual, is always uh, great. Um, so it was really good having these guys on and learning a little bit more about that that Hall of Fame process, especially that confusing lack of transparency over t- at times about the seniors and how that works. So we appreciate all the guests tonight as well. Uh, next week, uh, you know, Tom talked about one guest. We're, we're, we're waiting on some responses for from a couple other ones. Stay tuned. We'll get some information out. I would say I will not be here next week. Uh, I'm going to be offline. Got a strategic planning session for my business here. Uh, Sunday night, we head down to Lake Norris. So we're offline uh, for three days at Lake Norris uh, doing some strategic planning. So I will not be here next week. Uh, I will tell you, we are going to do a duck race next week. We've had multiple people donate some tickets for us. So we've got multiple tickets for the preseason game with parking passes and along with some other goodies we'll give away uh, for that duck race. So stay stay tuned for what charity we're working with this week for the duck race. But it's going to be multiple tickets with parking passes for the first preseason game uh, as well, along with some other stuff. But, guys, it means a lot. You guys tuning in. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, we can't wait to see you guys next week. And we're not that far away from football, guys. Stay tuned. It's going to be another fun year this year. Who day, everybody. Who day. Who day.